And welcome back to the Off the Clock Show. You are joined with your hosts, once again, Sean Gervais from the Orbisex CRM of the Gods, as well as Marty Mr. Marshall Hill from the Finest Polishing Podcast and Hyper Clean Car Care Products, which I absolutely love because I was just telling Marty how I had bugs all over the front of my windshield. And uh, I tell you, it's nothing like a, a nice, good glass cleaner that just handles the business. <laughs> I, I know a lot of people don't get jazzed up for glass cleaning, but I tell you, it's uh, what's your what's your pet peeve in a car? Like, is that what it is? It's got to be glass. Mine. That's always me too. I, I've got to have a clean windshield. Like, yeah. got to. Like, yeah, me. It's it's the glass, and especially the one that bothers me the most for some reason is the the back of my truck. I don't know why, but uh, that back glass just seems to accumulate stuff like crazy. Fortunately, it's not so much like bugs and things like that. Obviously, I'm not driving super fast in reverse. But but the backside is more uh, it's just dirt and everything just builds up there. And I just like it clean. It's not even about me seeing outside. It's when I park and walk away. You know, I'm always wondering, like, you know, some people, they're worried about their shoes scuffed up. You know, what are people going to think? Me, it's when someone sees the back of the truck and then they're like, uh, oh, you know, look at that guy. <laughs> this car's filthy. The side panels, I don't seem to care much about. But uh, yeah, the, the glass mirrors and the glass. Those are my two. Two big things, yeah. And now in the new truck, because now we have the dual uh, touchscreen thing, um, the bottom one collects fingerprints like crazy. I don't know if they use a different glass or something. I have no idea. But the top one seems okay. The bottom one, though, so I, I clean that one. I pretty much get in. Before I turn the car on, I clean it. That way I'm not accidentally pushing a bunch of shit. Next thing you know, you know it's like summer and my seat warmer's on or something, you know? Yeah, that's that's my thing, yeah. Are, are you the same with mirrors and windows or just windows? Man, it's just a windshield. Just a windshield. Oh, you like fuck everything. <laughs> just a windshield. Yeah, you you're the black glass. I'm on the windshield. Like I I'm with you on the back glass. And I guess sometimes I just think back there, I'm like, eh, you know. You're like, man. <laughs> it's all the way back there. <laughs> yeah, it's all the way back there. So so you know, Quite we glass, went, uh, I'll talk about it here in a second. Went on a little trip this weekend. Ooh. And uh when yesterday doc got the car back you know and it had been a couple of weeks like she kept blowing me off you know trying to get it back to to get it cleaned up like right like i have to schedule with her to clean her car right like that we all know we all know right like we all know like nope. <laughs> so it's always a struggle to to clean your wife's car like it, it is what it is i learned that so you know there was quite a bit of film on the windshield and uh, we took a trip and, and I wasn't happy about that. Like I wasn't happy, but I got stuck in a spot and I couldn't get out of the spot. And the spot was the car had to go in for service. And I planned for the service to be done the day before we leave. So that then the day that we leave, I can clean it and have it ready for the trip. Right? Like that's what you do. Yeah. You got to get your car clean before you leave. Absolutely. You're going to be in the car for a while, you know? Uh. Yeah. Well, uh -uh. dealership bombed the day before the uh, guy didn't even show up when we were there. You know, they were, then they started talking about, and listen, I get it. Like you can't, you can't fight back with this, but we've all heard it. Oh, I had a family emergency. Uh, really? Uh, yeah. You're yeah. saying this at the end, like uh, 10 minutes ago, you didn't say anything about a family emergency. You just yeah. said he wasn't in yet, but now there's a family emergency tied into it. Come on, man. Like we, you've basically lost all credibility with me now. So fuck it, whatever. We're not getting the car done today. What about tomorrow? Okay, cool. We'll see you in the morning. Right. Like I, 
I didn't get it serviced. So, so then we have to pick it up on the way out of town. Okay. Damn. And you know the dealership didn't clean it. Oh. Like, you no. know they didn't. They didn't. No. But I think I did get them not to run it through their car wash. Okay. Because I, I said, you know, I was like, listen, man, we're going on a trip. I don't want you to go through your car wash. If the guys will hand wash it for me, like, cool. I don't want to ask too much. You know, like, I know they've done it before because I used to service this dealership. So I still know the guys that are back there. So I'm like, hey, if Tony wants to do it, cool. If not, I totally get it. But just don't run it through the, the automatic. Well, I get the car and we're about to leave. And I go look at it and I go, seriously? Like, <laughs> like you washed it. Thank you. Did y'all not dry it? Like, what the hell are all these water spots on? Now, oh, fortunately, man. I put dose, hyperclean dose ceramic coating. Like, that's that's my favorite of our coating. So I put that on, but I get there and I'm like, there's water spots all over the place. Now, fortunately, right yesterday, I got the car back in. I got everything cleaned off. There's no water spots, right? They didn't they didn't go in past the coating, right? So coating did its job, and it fought the water spots, and the car looks great. Yeah. But what did I do? What did I do? Right? Like, you ever miss something in detail, and you're like, how the – what? Like, how did I miss that? Yeah. <laughs> Everything's done. I go lock the gate. I'm about to pull out and pull right into the sun. And I go, I clean the passenger side windshield, but completely miss the driver's side interior windshield. And I'm like, oh, oh I can't do this. I can't. I was like, okay, I got to pull back around. Like I, I, I just, I'd reached my limb. I was like, I'm not going to drive another moment with this yeah. foggy, like oh, lost over windshield. It's like, I'm out. Like, so I, I went back yeah. in to clean it. Yeah, it was brutal. 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 You know what? That missing a spot thing that literally happened to me. So I, I cleaned my front glass. Everything looked pristine, but I did it in my garage and I there's two different light switches that I can turn on. One turns on all the lights. The other one turns on just the lights on the side. I was in a rush. I turned on the lights and it was just the ones on the side. So I go, I get my step stool out, go up, clean one side of the windshield, go to the other side, clean the other side. <laughs> I looked at it. I was like, man, it looks beautiful jump in the truck, take off. Didn't even really notice it because, you know, the sun hadn't fully hit because I was driving the one, the one way on the way back though, the sun's now in my face. And all I saw was this little triangle of dirt just right in the middle. And I was like, Oh shit, because I didn't turn on all the lights. I didn't see it when I was cleaning. <laughs> and so cleaned it again. And then everything was fine. Then my wife was like, why are you cleaning it again though? We're done driving today. I said, yeah, it's not about today. It's about tomorrow. And it's about me sleeping at night knowing that, okay, the windshield is clean. She said, yeah, but it's just a tiny little spot in the middle. And I was like, no, 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 that's going to drive me absolutely crazy. You know, it looks like my cousin's hairline. Like, it was just brutal. <laughs> Sorry, Richard. But, uh, yeah, it was just. <laughs> no, no hair no. talks, man. Come on. Yeah, no what hair talks. Oh, man, that's come two times in a row now. That's come on, <laughs> come on, come on. What are we doing here? Hairline talk. Come on. You no, got no. your pretty hair all of there shoofed all up. And look at me. Got like half a millimeter of hair. No, no. You're beautiful. Don't worry about it. If you saw Richard, you'd understand. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that one little spot. Yeah, it's a, it's a thing, you know. And um, it's, it's funny. The number one thing that we have uh, whenever we hire, you know, new detailers, we have to go through with them is the final check around 
of things. Mm-hmm. And so going through the checklist, what they what they have to do. And we had one guy, even with a checklist, I don't even know how this was possible, but he kept forgetting the trunk. Kept forgetting the trunk. So what we did is we reversed everything and that became the first thing that we do. And so the trunk, we started with the trunk because if you forget the first thing you're supposed to do, it's already game over, you know? And that little change though, he never forgot a trunk again. It was pretty amazing. But uh, so it ended up just being part of our process. We start with the trunk and then we end with the trunk. And what happens with the end? We take their mats, we put them in an auto world bag and it goes in the trunk and we give them post care instructions. We say, take these out and lay them out inside so they can properly dry out, yada, yada, yada. So it's a, it's a good little process we got, but it all started from him continuously making that mistake. And then we ended up making a new process that shaved time off of our details, which is pretty cool and led to not forgetting stuff. Not a tip. We could put it in the bouquet, but it's just, uh, you know, it's, it's borderline. It's borderline. Just getting the tip warmed up. That's, that's all. <laughs> oh no. Sounds bad. Oh my God. Yeah. So, so how's summer going for you guys? You got a heat <laughs> just yeah, good change of subject. Huh? Good. Yeah, I'm just gonna... pretty sure summer's over there, Sean. I'm pretty sure summer's over. No, no, Back... I'm still clutching on. I was in the pool last <laughs> night. I'm clutching on. It's not stopping. <laughs> Your kids are in school. Summer's over. Oh. Mm. Yeah, no, no, no. I tell myself what's that... what's back to school like there? What's back to school like there? Like what? it's always it's always a disaster here. There's always too much yeah. traffic for a week. Like it's always horrible. Uh not a fan of back to school as an adult. Yeah, myself as well. That's exactly what's happening here. And because back to school, everything is busy. And that's the mm-hmm. problem, right? Is that uh, parents trying to manage schedules. Um, even our own staff, you know, like that's the, the problem when you hire adults, right? <laughs> they got kids. <laughs> and so you got to manage that. It's everybody wants to be there for the first day and so on and so forth. And, uh, but our job, you know, the job list is the same. It's not like we, uh, oh, okay, first day of school, you know, we'll reduce that. But that plus the traffic, back to school specials, like going to a store, everything's just jam packed, ram packed. Um, I always like to cool down after. That's when we start doing a lot of our promo stuff. Um, we don't waste our advertising budget doing anything beforehand. There's there's just no point um, because you're going to spend 10 times as much getting, you know, less customers. So uh, so we don't do too much back to school type stuff. Uh, we do a lot of things after. But definitely this year, the traffic has been more than normal. And I don't know if it's uh, something to do with maybe when people had kids and now their kids are turning a certain age or maybe I'm just getting old and more grumpy. I don't know. It's, <laughs> there's something, but it's it's been mayhem for sure. My, my one daughter, she started high school now, uh, so she's in grade nine uh, here. Other places call it different things, like, you know, sec one and stuff like that. But uh, so she's in grade nine. And that's been better, I'd say. I can't wait till both of them are in, in A, the same school, which will be nice. But uh, I just find it's a more fun age. Like, they're when they're, you know, more grown, you can do, like, cool stuff with them. You know, they're I, I don't know. I haven't really experienced the teenager thing like a lot of parents go through. Maybe when she's 17 and meets a guy with a teardrop tattoo, I have no idea. But, uh, you know, until then, you know, <laughs> you know, but the, the younger one, the elementary school. And I guess my problem is it's the parents. They all want to, oh, our kids go to the same school. We should get together. We should hang out. We should. I don't want to talk to any of them. I just I don't know. I'm not a very social guy in that that aspect, you know, but uh, but yeah, for me, that's the big problem. And so first day sucks because I'm standing there. And we're all doing the same thing, you know, watching our kid go off and, you know, be the butterfly they're going to be. And then there's all the parents just standing around. And of course, now you're a sitting duck. And they're like, oh, so I'm so-and-so. And uh, what grade's your child in? You know, it's, uh, I can't do it. 
so anyway that was that's how my first day was you're and anti-social huh yeah a little bit yeah yeah like it depends on the crowd do you think that's going more with age do you think before you used to be more social and want to talk to people 100 percent. yeah and the only difference was before i was so busy grinding with work that i just didn't have time to kind of entertain that social side but i wanted it more and so i i would put myself more in situations where you know i'd have to have to talk to people because i wanted to and stuff like that but uh yeah definitely as i've gotten older i'm kind of like i don't know like even my neighbors it's like we live on the same street but uh you know you, you can stay on your side we don't i don't need to wave to you every morning like i'm not doing this for the next 30 years <laughs> you know what i mean like i'm okay to just drive by and not even wave that's okay like you know like uh they there's some that still wave i don't <laughs> Yeah, I've I've found it fascinating for me. I've I've learned that about myself. And maybe some of us because of, you know, what I'm doing here at Hyperclean. I've I've really enjoyed just coming to one place. You know, we've yeah. got a small little team in the warehouse that we work with and you know, some other people that come in and out that are part of, you know, like contractor type for the business and yeah. You know, that's really all I see and then I go home. I mean, I we, we don't really do a whole lot anymore, right? We, yeah. Both of us are generally pretty tired and we're just wanted to go home. We don't, we'll go out to eat here and there, but you know, they're just don't really care to be out seeing people or doing stuff or like it's yeah. to me, that has gotten to be strange. Like I was such a butter, you know, what they used to call it, what a social butterfly social type butterfly, of yeah. like always yeah. want to talk to people. always want to see people. I think that's why I enjoyed sales. Right. And I, drove around the state of oklahoma selling stuff like you know i enjoyed yeah. it and for some reason now and i think it's age like i think i've just and the way my body's been right like it's just physically it i couldn't things, do it yeah. so you know like, but I think too, those endorphins you're still getting them because like when you talk to someone about like a new distributor you know opportunity or something like that you're still engaging that part of your brain and so you're still getting the endorphins of being mm -hmm. social without having to like it's not going to lead to a long commitment thing where now you're like uh, your kids are having play dates and you're you're going to dinner and all this kind of stuff. You know, it's uh, it's different, I think. Yeah. And yeah, for us, too, we, we find we're spending more time with family now um, and core family. And so we looked at uh, just just like how you'd cut off bad friends. You know, we looked at family and we were like, OK, is this person causing more headache when they're around than they are fun and stuff like that? And then we said, you know, there's nothing wrong with us having a family gathering and not inviting the whole family or maybe if two sides of the family are going to be that's that's what we're doing i don't know i see your face you're like oh shit <laughs> but yeah that's that's what we do and so sometimes we do two thanksgivings and uh, other times we do one thanksgiving but we'll have just you know core members we'll call them we'll have them come you know stuff like that but but yeah it's uh i, I definitely think it's an age thing though for sure yeah because I, I notice it more and more year after year and uh you know a lot of people, I think, say it's because of all the pandemic, you know, it's uh, people got used to being by themselves and stuff. But I know it's not the case for me because I've pretty much been at home. Like I've had a home office for 18 years. Even if I've had offices outside of home, I rarely go. Like my shop now, I, I rarely go to. Um, I don't know. I'm a homebody for sure. So maybe maybe I am just an introvert, you know. This, probably this podcast and your your previous podcast with you that that was probably the the most action my face has got in the world <laughs> it's true <laughs> you know a few tv appearances but nothing nothing serious you know like me i just want the assets i don't want the fame 
you know, I'm not, uh, you know, not here to create your story. <laughs> jab, jab, look. But, uh, but yeah, so speaking of something though, because uh, being a business owner, working at home and stuff, and uh, so some people may think that, you know, because I don't go to my shop, they'll get into a debate about whether or not I'm a detailer. Like that means something. Okay, thank you. Because like, does it actually mean it? It is something that's interesting that we talk about it, right? Like 40 plus years experience as detailers. And then at the end of the day, does it actually mean, I don't, that there are aspects that we do get a, you know, a view into the industry that those other people that haven't cleaned a car, uh, you know, they, yeah. they can't. But still at the end of the day, if that guy can sell somebody a product, why does he have to be a detailer? He really just needs to be a salesman. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And as a business owner, because uh, there was there was some comments made recently about someone that uh, both you and I know, and uh, they they've they've done really well uh, with their business. They've just opened a second location. They're they're doing really well. They've got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, they do ceramic coating stuff like that. But they they grew fast. They started. Uh, working as detailers they were doing mobile stuff and then they grew into having a shop then they hired employees now they have employees doing the bulk of stuff if employees call in sick they'll fill in and they'll do a ceramic coating or they'll do you know clean a car whatever the case is but their goal is to run the business and so a lot of people have asked them you know like uh, for some product recommendations or tips on how to do certain things and then uh, there was another person that came in and chimed in and said uh, well don't take any of his advice because he's just a business owner, not a detailer. And that struck me when that info was shared to me. Says first of all, I was surprised that it was said about this person because this person actually, you know, puts out videos even just helping people um, on how to do stuff. But also, it struck me because it's it, it, like, what's the goal here? Is the goal for people to be a detailer? Because you can do that and not run a business. You could just clean cars as you've talked about numerous times you really enjoy that right but i think that uh criticizing someone because they may run their business instead of spending the next 50 years detailing cars i think that uh you're missing a golden opportunity where you could learn a lot actually from that person because myself even if someone was to take that jab at me i would i would laugh and i would say yeah i'm not in there detailing cars <laughs> because i would rather make you know, money off of 14 people's efforts versus just my own 100%. And my goal wasn't to be in the shop the whole time. My wife and I worked there to learn the ins and outs of what we needed to do so that we could disseminate that information to people, train them and get them doing it. And at the end of the day, you know, to me, those kind of statements are dangerous because like, first off, let's, let's realize here, we are not building rocket ships, you know, it's not a <laughs> super difficult thing, uh, but we're in an industry that predominantly exists because of people's lack of initiative and effort. Um, so like most of our customers, they don't want to clean their own car. They're capable of doing it. Maybe not to the level that we might do it, or maybe they can, but they don't want to make the investment in, you know, the tools or equipment or chemicals, and they don't want to spend the time. That's, that's the reality of what it is. I have all that stuff on my house and I still will bring my car to the shop sometimes and have them clean it. A lot of times I do it myself because I actually enjoy it. It's not that I'm going to do a better job than my staff. It's that I enjoy it. So I'll do it. But those days I don't want to, I bring it into them. But me running 
a successful seven-figure business doesn't mean, oh, well, Sean's not a detailer. You shouldn't listen to his advice, for example, right? So I encourage uh, this person, if they do listen to this podcast, to revisit their talks with the other guy without mentioning names to people. <laughs> and, uh, and just know you'll have a lot to learn from that individual that uh, in less than two years, uh, they've grown to two locations. And I think they're at like 16 employees now, something like that. And that's, that's no small feat. You know, that's uh, that takes a lot of persistence and passion. And uh, but but anyway, what are your thoughts on whether, you know, someone that doesn't detail anymore, but just runs the business? Does their advice or input, is it meaningless now? So it is interesting because we do say that, you know, on our podcast, like you do need to understand who's talking to you, what what they're actually giving you, what's the value of what they're saying. You know, there's people that run training programs that listen, they haven't actually detailed for professional money in 20 plus years, their business failed. They moved to become a trainer because they failed at business. They do now get to teach the skill set of detailing. Mm. Huh? You know, which is more important, the skill set or well, the mind, right? Like, what you can do with your body and your hands or your mind and how you can grow a business. Uh, it's a tough one, right? It's a tough one because, yeah. you know, you, you, you look at some movie shows that have recently come out with detailers being there. Right. And, and you've got some that you can tell right off the bat, this guy's a really great salesman. This guy talks really well and he's selling cars as well as his guys are detailing. And, you know, he's doing all the same things anybody else would. He's cutting paint. He's putting on protection, you know. But his main skill set isn't the polisher. His skill set was selling and talking and growing. Then you got the next guy that comes on, and he's an unbelievable skill set. Polishing paint, a really great job. I mean, listen, probably has to be top 10, I would think, in the industry of skill sets of using a polisher but <laughs> the first time ever was on the television show we got to see a partner never mm. has he ever publicly talked been on podcasts been into groups been never mm. has ever it's always been about his skill set and how great they are hmm. the dude has a partner to handle all the financial stuff and all the business stuff and all Amen. that other stuff, which is good. Good for him. That's what, that's absolutely what he should do. hundred percent. Right. Like he should have somebody back his skill set with their skill set of running the business. Exactly. Which is more important. When it comes to running a business, I would say the skill set's secondary. The skill set would be a lot easier to acquire. You can hire skills. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can learn skills. The sales, business, marketing, the structuring, all that stuff is a lot of it's just a natural ability, I believe. And uh, some of it's learned, but it's going to take you a lot longer to learn that and often cost you a lot more, uh, both time, energy, money, and also in mistakes um, versus you know, picking up the skills on how to use a polisher or something like that in comparison. You know, the hours that I've put into learning how to be a good leader, for example, to run a shop with multiple employees, 
that in comparison to the time it took me to learn how to apply a ceramic coating, it, they, they're not even in the same ballpark, you know? It's, uh, so yeah, Nick, my partner, he talks about, because he got into the business, uh, you know, working for somebody. Okay. Yeah. You know, work for a wholesaler. So, you know, his big deal is why, why are so many people today jumping into business ownership when mm. they don't have the skill set yet of a detailer? So he really talks about if you're a guy or girl that, you know, wants to improve their skill set of detailing, you should 100% go get a job. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. 100%. Now, most people are going to go, yeah, well, it doesn't pay and nobody wants to pay enough. Mm -hmm. probably because you've got <laughs> detailers running businesses, not business owners not business running owners. detail shops, right? Like, you know, and most detailers then just don't want to pay other people. And, you know, once again, we go into bad business practices. So, man, that's, that's a, it really, for, it used to be pretty cut and dry for me the other way where I'd be like, listen, you get detailer always. Right. And yeah. now I, I'm, you know, maybe it's another one of those things as you get older and it's just like, yeah, I don't know how much like a detail because what do most detailers actually want to do? Right? Think about it. Think about it. What do most detailers want to do? Do they want to detail cars? Or would they rather do coatings? Would they rather everybody seems like the next step is always PPF, right? Oh, I'm going to be a tenant and I'm going to go into PPF. Okay. When did that become detailing? Yeah. That's it's car true. care. It's yeah. car care. It's in the car industry. It's how, very yeah. But how many detailers actually want to progress out of detailing? Yeah. And to where then in those shops, which shop that I talked about a little bit ago, they actually then tell people you should defer detailing to other shops so that you can become this elite PPF and coding like. Huh? So, so yeah, man, it, I don't, I would say that that question is probably just almost can't be answered now. Right. Like, yeah. See, I know at our shop, we added uh tinting and PPF, excuse me. We added tinting and PPF later wraps and remote starters and windshield replacement after detailing, because I was looking at the business from day one as a business owner. I wasn't looking at it as a detailer. Because at the time, I didn't even think about starting a detail shop. We had the space, and I wrote about this in my book. I documented everything from day one. That's how everyone will know from day one. This is how I looked at it. We at one time thought about growing mushrooms there, lettuce, all kinds of stuff. So we were like, we've got 4,000 square feet. What, what could we grow? And not, not the devil's lettuce. We would have made a lot if I had the license. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it, uh, it was one of those things where it was like, what can we do with this empty space? And so we looked at things that, because we had other businesses on the go. I had businesses already. My business partner had businesses already. So we wanted something that, what can we take from zero to a hundred in a very short period of time? And that's where we looked at a bunch of stuff and he's really into cars. I'm sort of more into cars now, but at the time I, I could have cared less. Um, and I said, okay, well, you're really into cars. And his goal was open a car dealership. So I said, okay, we'll need something to clean these cars and stuff if that happens. So that's how we kind of just fell into this. And then we said, okay, so we'll lowest cost of entry was detailing. Lowest cost of entry wasn't buying a plotter, buying rolls of PPF, training and all this stuff. That was the highest cost of entry. 
at the time we hadn't even really crossed that threshold. We just said, okay, lowest cost of entry is this, let's start there and then slowly add things as they make business sense. And so that's what we did. We kind of just progressed through there. And it was when we found, you know, the right staff, the right team and the right partners. And we said, okay, great. So we can branch out into this now. And there's times that we try adding a new thing. Like we tried adding even led lighting and stuff like that for interiors. Uh, the margins just weren't there to make it make business sense. And I'm not passionate about led lighting in cars. So we dropped it. That's it. Because for us, it's a business first passion second, you know what I mean? So it's, but I think that there is a fine line. And I think that some people enjoy detailing and then decided they want to do something they love to make money. But because of that, creating a business out of it becomes a little more difficult if they're not business oriented, you know? And so the type of person to make comments to somebody that, Oh, you can't learn anything from them because they're, they're just a businessman. They've never even, they don't even detail cars anymore. It's like, actually you could probably learn a shitload from that person. If that person's business is still operating and it's doing well and it's profitable, you could learn a lot more from that person than you could from just someone with the skill set, in my opinion. Um, you know, that's, that's kind of where I stand on. And you almost want to question the guys that are, you know, getting into their forties or, you know, mid to late thirties. Like, why are you still doing it? Like they're, they're yeah. most, you know, you, you, you get into upper echelon type companies that are service-based you know, the owner's not still going out and spraying bugs. He's not still going out and changing roofs. You know, he's true. the owner always has somebody and a team alongside of them. Most landscapers always then bring in people to help push the mower, you know, plant the, the flowers that they rarely are the ones that are out doing it on a daily basis. But inside of detailing, and like I said, I was one that was guilty of it earlier. I always thought that you had to have something along that at least have been in the industry so that you have a, an awareness of what to do. Because, I, you know, I got into a, a semi-debate argument in a group a couple of years ago with a guy that he was in his, in his 40s and he could not believe that I wasn't touching a car every day. And I'm like, listen, my, my company does. Yeah. But I but said, I personally, I said, are you like, yeah. you know, we've both been in business for a long time here, but you're, you're actually still detailing cars. Oh yeah. I touch every car. I make sure that, right. Like, Jeez. Oh, you're one of those guys. Like, yeah. <laughs> Oh, you didn't actually learn how to manage. So you're an asshole micromanager and you got it. You probably ride your guys a lot and you're probably always back. Like, and you probably also don't pay them very well. Like, yeah. so you're always going to have to go back and fix their stuff. Like, exactly. that's why I love the 50%, you know, you just, Hey, 40 to 50% is what somebody's going to make on the job. If it's not done right, they get to go back and do it again. And you don't ever have to pay them again. Like they're always going to make yeah. sure that they, co they collect and they do the job because if they don't, then they don't get paid. So, exactly. you know, I, I, that's big reason why I love that, that theory of percentage. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. It's uh, we do, we do the same kind of thing. And uh, so we do do a base hourly, um, but then uh, we give them uh, basically percentage of upsells, then also percentage based on uh, it's, I'm going to call it performance, but it's kind of certain results. We have different metrics, like how many Google reviews were made, 
um, you know, customer emails of positive experiences, different, different things um, that we have in there. And those metrics help us give them uh, a little bonus. So everybody kind of starts off their, their base salary is just literally minimum wage. Uh, we have two guys that are a little more than minimum, but they make a lot more than minimum because everything is performance-based. And so that's why we have, uh, and we're so close. I think we're at uh, 197 or something like that. Oh, sorry, 1197. We're almost at 1200 five-star reviews. Can't wait. It's coming. But, uh, but that's, that's a big feat. You know, Google reviews are huge. And most people, you know, they're excited when they hit 100, 150. And uh, we've, we're almost at 1200 now, which is good. And that's how our guys get, get incentivized to do certain things. But that's because we're running it like a business. And so I'm a big believer in, you know, I don't want to be doing this. You know, even, even the job I'm doing now for Auto World, I don't want to be doing in the next five or six years. My goal is to find someone to replace me. And then because I do all the marketing stuff, things like that, I want to find someone that's creative that takes that part over. And then my percentage, my you know output from the company is going to be a lot smaller than what it is now. But my input will be almost zero. And that's my goal, um, because I know that there's going to come a time where, you know, maybe uh, my kids go to school in California or something. And I want to fly out there and see them for a month. Well, it's going to be difficult to do that if I'm still having to take care of all this other stuff. So that's my long term plan. If I was still detailing cars, my time frame would be a lot shorter. <laughs> I would not want to be doing that. Like, uh, I mean, there's there's mornings, most days I'm just coding in a computer chair. And there's mornings where I'm like, oh, geez, back's not feeling the same as it used to. You know what I mean? I can't imagine if I had to touch every customer's car. That to me would be ridiculous um, at my age. Um, so I think that uh, people need a succession plan. They need an exit plan if it's a business. If it's a proper business, you need some sort of a transitional step and stages along the way because you're not going to be 20 forever you're not going to be 30 forever you're not going to be 40 forever you know and uh you know there's nothing wrong with stepping back a bit as long as the business keeps pushing forward is, uh, is my whole thing you know so mm -hmm. yeah it's an interesting debate though and some people take it mm -hmm. pretty seriously i've seen some uh some very heated comments you know and uh it's 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 something i haven't really seen in other industries like uh i have exposure to a lot of industries through my marketing agency and you know it's just it's not something i've really seen too much of where it's uh you know like well your wife you know for example in residential cleaning and stuff like that like i don't think there's other cleaners that are out there and they're going to someone and being like oh you you don't still push the carpet cleaner and the extractor you're not a real cleaning company <laughs> like i just I, I don't know maybe that happens within those groups but i i haven't seen it in, in that capacity you know like uh, like i have a printing shop rarely will i get involved in day-to-day -day stuff unless it's for now we're doing printing for orbis x members i'll handle those ones because it's kind of a transition from one business to the other one um but our day-to-day -day operations for printing shark i don't think so you know what i mean and so are, am i not a real printing shop because i don't push print on the printing button i know how to change the ink i know how to change the toners i know how to change the ribbons i know how to service the heidelberg press should i I don't think so. I think I should manage high up customer relations. Today I was talking with Freedom Harley Davidson, closing some orders for them with their envelopes. That to me is more important as a business owner than pressing print. You know. Anyway, that's I just want to print the money, baby. Let's go. <laughs> so I do have a tip for today. My tip is about a gentleman. 
by the name of Joe Girard. I think it's Girard or Gerard. I think it's Girard. We're going to go with Girard. And my tip today is about sympathy. And Joe Girard, are you familiar with the name by chance? A lot of people aren't. Joe Girard appears in the Guinness Book of World Records for sales, which is pretty awesome. It's a pretty good record. Most people are in there for like, I don't know, eating 12 tons of glass or something. So the fact that he's in there for sales is pretty cool. But Joe Girard, uh, top salesman. And he, in fact, most places that he worked at, he was actually fired from working there because a lot of the other salespeople complained and said that he was, you know, harassing customers into sales or bullying them into sales, or he must be cheating or lying to them about pricing and stuff. So a lot of bad business owners believe some of that advice and let him go, unfortunately. And he persevered, continued on, ended up working for a lot of companies. Um, but every company he worked in, he rose to be the top salesperson. And it's all because he did one thing, which was he sympathized with his customers or potential customers. And what he did was he made sure he followed a checklist and it was always smile. He always complimented them. So these sound like basic things, but even if you're having a bad day, always smile, always be pleasant, compliment them, which was a big thing. So he would find something about their appearance or something. So even if they were dressed really strange, he would find a way to turn that into a positive by saying something like, you know, I can tell you're a person that takes pride in being unique. You know, something like that. So we found a way to compliment them, which was huge. He gave them a lot of attention. And the last thing he did was he sent out birthday cards to all of his potential prospects. He would find out when their birthday is through conversing with them, finding out things about them. And he would usually work it into his sales pitches by saying like, uh, you know, oh, what's your sign? I'm born in this time. I, I like to see if there's a good fit here, you know, kind of thing. They would say their birthday. He would make a note of that. And then he would compile a birthday card for them. So he didn't spend his time selling. He spent his time getting to know prospects. Then through that process, he would sell them by being friendly, essentially. So sympathize with your customers and send them birthday cards. And the great news is you can do it through Orbis X. So all you have to do is find out your customer's birth date or another special date, anniversary, so on and so forth. And you can actually automate the process where every year Orbis X will send them a birthday reminder. And I'll say, hey, we know your birthday's coming up, big guy. And so how we do it is depending on what the event is, if it's a birthday or anniversary, something like that, we actually don't send it on the day of because they're going to be swamped. They're going to be getting a lot of, you know, birthday shout outs on Facebook and so on and so forth. We actually send it a couple days early or we send it a couple days late and we change the message. So why would we send it late? That sounds silly, but actually you still in their eyes remembered and the message says, you know, we know we missed it by a day or two this year. Sorry about that. Da, 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 da. And then we have a message. So it seems like it actually came from us specifically, even though the system took care of the whole thing for us. So that is my tip today to add into your bouquet of tips. Absolutely. Yeah. Love it. Love it. I like yeah. it. All right. So I was going to do one, uh, you know, especially since something we talk about around, uh, you know, animals and stuff like that. As, oh, yeah. as I took our trip this past weekend, we go every Labor Day. It is our migration, right? Like we go every Labor Day. We visit our family from Arkansas. We go over and like, it, it's our migration. And I was going to talk about, you know, having something that you do every year and the benefit of, you know, what it does for you, right? Like, but while I'm in Arkansas, sitting at the lake, enjoying a cold beer, I pull up my phone and I click open and I see 
Facebook and I see a post inside the Orbis X group and I go, huh, interesting. Somebody well, wants to trade pennies for minutes. I go, huh, that's very interesting. Why people do what? I'm trying to think what the post was. Hmm. Well, it was the post on how do I save so many of these little pennies and uh, have to worry about the amount of time that I spend mixing and dealing with chemicals. Hmm. Right. Yeah. It was a post and not, this isn't a comment directed towards the guy that made the post. Right. So, Hey buddy, relax. I'm not, I'm not charging after you. It's there's thousands of probably thousands and thousands of detailers who think I'm spending too much on chemicals. I've got to cut costs and I need to now examine and evaluate my cost. Yeah. Uh, Down to the penny. Literally. You, yeah. you really, you, I, I watch, I, I watch then people, how much time they spend worrying about it and how much time then they might spend diluting down products and making sure that they, I listen, we, we heard of every else. <laughs> yeah. And we, we've heard of some people, we've heard of a guy that, that owns a business and runs it and he he makes all of his teammates team members you know calculate sort of like a bar you know has to weigh their bottles at the end of the night no he makes so he's paying his people and forcing them to do that to try and <laughs> see how many pennies right like how many detailers try and save pennies over minutes they trade minutes of their day for pennies and yeah. I just, it, it just has always boggled my mind. Like, for, okay, so do I love to cut? Yes. Do I enjoy a concentrated chemical? Absolutely. But I'll take a gallon of TRX, I'll throw it in a five-gallon cube, fill the rest of it with water, and call it a day. Mm. I'm not going to sit there and measure <laughs> out and test and, you know, see – I know the concentration ratio is good. If I think I need, you know, one that's a little heavier, fine. I can make a heavier and a light if I really think I need to, but then I'm not having to, you know, there's, I've seen even some people like, Hey, do you have those things that measure out? I can put on the, the top of my bottle and I can specifically oh. measure and I've got, and they'll sit there and I've watched them. Don't joke with me. I've watched you. Jeez. They'll eye up that line and make, Oh yeah, I can't go over this line. Like, you just took 10 seconds doing that. I yeah, go, okay, man, relax. It's just, it's no, it's not. Yeah. If you're 20 minutes seem like forever and you got thousands of them, the older yeah. you get, you realize your time is your greatest depleting asset. It, it is your greatest asset in life. It's your only 100%. asset, but it's depleting, right? Like yep. it's always going away. So stop trying to trade pennies for time. Your cost on chemicals is not your greatest cost to run your business. So stop spending so much time trying to nitpick and get down to the exact penny of what you're spending. It's not going to be much. So you save $100 and cost you an hour that month. Yeah. Hmm. What does $100? Because those of you that brag about, I'm at $10,000 a month, I'm a $10,000, I'm bringing in $40,000 a month. Okay. I I look through on a regular basis accounts, you know, that what people are just because I like to glance over some people that I know run big shops and what they're doing. 
they don't spend much on chemicals. They really don't. Let's say somebody spends a thousand dollars and they're running a $40,000 a month business. What is that? 2%? Yeah. It's, Something it, like 2.5. I mean, it's not even it, worth it's, looking at. <laughs> yeah. Why would somebody then be so concerned? Like your biggest thing should be labor, which we talked about. Then you've got all your other stuff, all these other expenses that could justify you saving something. It's true. So what should you do? You should find a really great chemical that your guys like, gals, whoever. It works really well, and it saves you time. That's what you should do. You should worry about your chemicals saving you time and not worrying about the pennies that it might cost you if you're actually, actually making the money that people say that they're making. Those of you that are always debating the pennies, we can kind of see, hmm, Maybe you're really not making the money that you lead on and it's okay. Just refocus. Okay. Just refocus pennies for time. Stop trading pennies for time. You need those minutes. You need those hours. And those are more important. Yeah. hundred percent. It's it's so funny. You mentioned that too, because uh, there's some updates going on with uh, different softwares and the plotter side. And I've seen a lot of people saying they're going to jump ship on some of the, the, the big guys that are out there because Oh, they're, they're raising their price, you know, $200 a month or something like that. Um, but having access to those patterns saves my guys tons of time, right? All my guys in the shop can hand cut all of them. We make sure the ones that come in or the ones that advance from detailing into something else like, you know, tinting or PPF, we train them on how to hand cut because sometimes there's power outages. Sometimes the patterns don't fit right or something like that. But by and large, at least 90% of our patterns are fairly accurate for what we need that saves us so much time when they announced they were raising a 200 a lot of people jumped ship you know what i did instead i messaged the company and i said can we jump on a 20 minute call just need 20 minutes could be with the salesperson doesn't matter got on with the salesperson and i said you're raising 200 a month i need to know what are you guys investing in right now because i'm sure there's a reason for the price surge you know so what is it and they said more patterns I was like, cool, we're done here. Thanks for your time. Hung up the phone. We're gladly continuing our membership. Why? Because $200 a month throughout the year for the time it's going to save me in labor costs alone in you know mix-ups or something with our, our PPF or our tint, I could care less. I don't think they raised it enough, to be honest. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I would rather pay a $400 increase if I know that it means there's going to be more and better patterns because it's saving the time. Right. But I see all these other guys and same exact thing. I've seen people. What other software would you recommend for my plotter? They're they're doing a ridiculous increase. They called it and stuff like that. I'm like, man, products have to evolve. They have to improve. And sometimes that needs an injection of cash. And in this case, that's what they're doing with it. So they're buying a bunch of patterns from, you know, some suppliers that have hand done the patterns. So they're going to be accurate. They're going to have more patterns available. That to me is a win, you know. And so I'm looking big picture long-term, like a business owner. I mean, a lot of people would say, well, you know, Sean's not a tinter and it's congratulations. You're right. <laughs> but I manage tinters. So I'm a business owner and I proudly sit in those shoes. Absolutely. And, uh, and so that's where, yeah, when it comes to chemicals, like we have AI inventory built into Orbis X, we do put in how much chemical we have on hand and we put in approximately how much we use per job. 
it's fine-tuned that you could get right down to the ounce if you wanted to. We just stick with whatever the bottle comes in. If it comes in gallons, we put in gallons. If it comes in this, it comes in that. And then we just say, you know, we probably use, you know, two ounces on this. And arguably, we probably only use half an ounce for that job. But who cares? I'm not looking for an exact to the penny number. I just want to make sure that if, for example, one of our guys knocks over a gallon and I'm like, hey, what happened? We're missing a bottle of slick. Like, what's going on? We can kind of figure it out if he doesn't tell us. That's what I'm looking for is more deceptive behavior from staff versus, you know, ooh, that job cost us $14 and uh, we only made, you know, like $300 profit. Maybe we could cut that 14 down to 12 it's not even worth my time to look at that to save $2. I, I'm better off to just put on bummy clothes at the end of the day, go on the corner with a pan <laughs> or a pot, ask some people for money. I'm going to get more than $2 in less time. <laughs> anyway, but, uh, but yeah, I think that, that's a good one. And I think a lot of people do focus on the wrong things and refocusing, um, you know, will help them a lot more in the long run. Because you're right, time is the biggest thing. In that hour that, we mentioned, that you mentioned, someone could learn how to do their own SEO or they could, you know, um, put a little more thought and analysis into their, their ads or so on and so forth. Obviously you can't learn SEO in an hour, just to clarify, but I'm saying the hour every week or every day you could put into something else and it's going to bear more fruit in the long run. hundred percent. Yeah, man. That was a solid tip right there. Yeah. yeah, I like it. I think that's going to be the title of this episode. Yeah. Pennies for minutes. <laughs> I like it. That's good. But uh, all right. Awesome. I'm going to run, but uh, good stuff. Marty, always a blast, a pleasure guys. Thank you very much. Tune in um, on that note uh, real quick before I do go, uh, you mentioned you had a new uh, label coming out for a product. You want to tell us a little I bit? I didn't mention it on air. I just mentioned it. Oh to shit. You, that's I right. Thought. You told me before. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you got yeah. new labels, but so new product release. Is that well, coming uh, up? When we release it, we'll, 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 it's one that it's it's been spoiled you and i've talked about it you know there's some lanolin in it and there's some cool shit so you know it's coming yeah. finally all coming right. yeah all right it's it's coming there we go yeah, yeah. i forgot you mentioned that before <laughs> anyway whatever we're giving it a plug that's it check it out see because this is the podcast without ads. coming soon <laughs> You got it. But uh, yeah, no, that's awesome. And on my side, Orbis X has something uh, pretty cool that's launching as well. And it will actually help you convert a lot more customers, which is good. So you can can focus on the real things, refocus and spend your minutes in the right places. uh, I won't say too much more because I know there's some spies out there performing some espionage. So I'll wait till it's official and it launches. Baby, you're just going to have to sit back and buckle up, guys. All right, Marty, I appreciate you. I'll see you next week. Good stuff. Have a good weekend, man. All right, cheers.